You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. Welcome to the Super Freak Media Podcast with me, your host, Jono Butler. It is another episode of No Ghouls Allowed, and this month I've got with me Liam Banks. Hey, hey. And Charlie Brentnall. Hello there. It was so tempting to say Charlie Clark, um, because that's what rolls off the tongue when I say Charlie. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, But then I realised we wouldn't have to bleep as much out with... uh, with Chazza being so that's I was going to say they'd have been swearing already if Charlie Clark was it on the podcast beat tacular <laughs> um, so last weekend well we're recording this podcast on the 24th of October and last weekend the Super Freak Media team went to the Mayhem Film Festival in Nottingham at the Broadway Cinema um, we try and go every single year uh, last year unfortunately due to COVID it was the skeleton edition and we we just couldn't uh, get the time to go and attend that year. So we were really looking forward to this year. And as usual, it did not disappoint. Before I kind of start off and get into the films, I just want to make sure we kind of big up the people responsible. So the, all the staff at the Broadway Cinema, um, Melly, Steve, Chris, for organising the festival and programming everything. They come up with a great selection of films every year, be it shorts, features uh a mix of uh world cinema homegrown things um it genuinely i think it's the best horror festival out there uh oh it's killer it's It's amazing great fun and to go as a as a group and to discuss Mm -hmm. films afterwards and and sort of chat about them even if you don't like every single film uh there's definitely something to talk about and that's what we're going to be doing today we're going to bring to the table our favourite film from the festival and our biggest disappointment. So that's not to say that it's the worst film that we saw. We hated it. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. the film that we sort of thought, oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah. So maybe there was a missed opportunity or maybe it didn't quite live up to expectations. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing today. But if you want to look back on our experience of Mayhem, as it happened, you can go on to Super Freak Media's Instagram and you will find all of the stories still there from the festival. Uh, Liam put all those together in his wonderful way. We've got reviews on there of the films. Uh, we've got some embarrassing pictures. Um, and also, at some point, there may be a large clunking sound as Richard Parker joins the podcast because uh, he also came along, uh, loved every film, obviously, five out of five. Um, I mean, the thing was, is I was really looking forward to him coming on this episode because he would have actually seen the films we were going to be talking about. So the fact he's not here is just (laughs) typical, Richard. It's classic, isn't it? Yeah, Richard's actually seen something and now he's not here. Legend. 
<laughs> if we were doing an episode about audio dramas, it'd have been there like a shot, but he would. Here we are. But you know, <laughs> these things happen. <laughs> Bless him. So I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown of uh, what actually was on at Mayhem, and I'm going to give you a few honourable mentions to to start with. So the festival ran for four days from Thursday the 14th of October right through till Sunday, with the Saturday and the Sunday being full days of film. You sort of you get there at 12 o'clock for the first film of the day and leave blurry-eyed and broken at about <laughs> half 11 uh, in the evening, having just yeah. generally fermented in your seats. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Stinking of popcorn and links. Apparently yeah. so, although none yeah. of us had popcorn or links. No, I think that was what worried me was the yeah. fact that, <laughs> yeah, we were told that absolute yeah, very very smell. <laughs> so, yeah. We're just yeah, absolute studs. That's it. I mean, obviously, <laughs> if you were going to choose four people in an auditorium who were just like alpha males, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, just speak for yourself. Yeah, just <laughs> if anything, we we're just too massive. Yeah, yeah, too swole, swole, swole for days. Um, so first film of the festival was alien on stage which after my initial slight disappointment of the fact that it was not an actual version of alien on stage performed at the festival um Mm. was incredible uh a (laughs) documentary about um a group of dorset based bus drivers who decide that they've had enough of doing pantomimes and decide to recreate alien on stage and basically the idea is that that nobody comes because <laughs> what, yeah quite frankly <laughs> if you are kind of a what they described as uh, was it a town in dorset where um everyone's either asleep or dead um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why, why would they um but it's one of these heartwarming <laughs> stories where it gets a bit of traction. People notice it. Uh, a fan club gets set up, and by one way or another, it ends up having a documentary queue fo- uh, follow them as they take it to the West End stage. Uh, yeah, I, I don't it was about, incredible. I don't know about you guys, but I, I think it was a perfect start to the festival. I think Mayhem always uh, knows how to kick things off and and like set the tone and i think we knew we were in good hands again this year when when that film came on and i think even just the audience reaction the, there was a and a Q&A, wasn't there with the show's director one of the stars of the show afterwards and also which the director of insane. the uh, the actual film as well yes yeah, yeah. um i mean i i think it it just it it was just I don't know. It was such a unique project. And I think we were all laughing and enjoying it probably for ways. I think they they kind of admitted that it wasn't supposed to be funny initially, but, you know, because it was a group of bus drivers, (laughs) we create an alien. It was just, I don't know. It was just this weird, weird thing to watch that just made everyone laugh. Um, Even from uh, just an accent point of view, it's just (laughs) some of the lines. Uh, bloody hell but um, <laughs> it was brilliant uh yeah i mean i'm I'm hoping that it it i think it's a project that has legs and i think it's oh, going to yeah. be going places and i know they alluded that there might be like a feature film adaptation uh akin to like the full monty that might happen yeah. and i think honestly that would be perfect because it was such a weird story but a great one 
it was yeah. yeah it was heartwarming yeah it's got it has that kind of classic british underdog sort yeah. of vibe to it doesn't it um, yeah absolutely absolutely so that was film one on on thursday following that was a film that i know liam was extremely excited about seeing um a french film called the deep house which was basically billed as uh, an underwater haunted house movie and i'm not going to dwell on it too much because i know liam's going to chat about this one <laughs> a little bit later on um which leads us into friday which featured another four films uh the first one being the queen of spades from 1949 which unfortunately i can't and i don't think the team can talk too much about because we didn't actually make it there for this one um yeah it was on early in the day yeah um, i think we yeah we all pretty much missed that one mm-hmm. yeah um but again it just goes to show the kind of the the range of films that get shown at mayhem you're not oh, gosh, just yeah. going to go and watch something yeah. that came out last week or a film that uh, is a huge kind of a huge budget modern picture you know there will be yeah. classics there as well which yeah is always brilliant um after that was a british film called the show which again i didn't make because i was at work which was very stressful but i know that liam and charlie did see it so what do you guys think of this mm-hmm. one quickly i think uh, for me it was a very mixed bag uh i personally didn't enjoy it the most i think visually it was quite interesting i think it was was it alan moore um, yeah. who was involved obviously writing it and was also in it i think he was a highlight playing the moon he was great um but i i'm not ashamed to admit i may have fallen asleep for a little bit of it because it was it, it was it was it was a slog i think right yeah, I kind of agree with Liam. It was like a little bit of a slug at times and you sort of didn't quite get a full grip on what was kind of going on. It was trying to throw a lot into one bag of of visual aspects and storylines as well. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it was very visually pleasing, I suppose. Um, and just the entire aspect of it being set in this shithole of Northampton Apparently, <laughs> as as they say. Sorry, Northampton. Um, sorry, Northampton. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, not not that's, our. That's from their words, not ours. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> um, the fact it had that British element to it, um, for me, and the comedy side of it, was what kept me interested throughout it. Yeah, I think the the visual elements, and I think that they they tried to make like the kind of grim aspects of the UK, I suppose, almost fantastical. I think the fantasy side of it made it stand out, um, but it wasn't it wasn't the best, okay. unfortunately. And that was your first film as well, wasn't it, Charlie? Because you joined the festival on the Friday. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think I felt particularly bad for you that that was maybe your first experience because I think, I don't know, had things kicked off for you the same way as it had for us with Alien on stage, you'd have just been like, right, okay. But I, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's um, it was a it was a film. <laughs> it was fun. Um and following that then, uh onto the eight PM screening on Friday was Night Drive, which stars uh AJ Bowen from House of the Devil. And, and you're this... next. Yes, and you're next yeah. as well. Yeah. I think this one this one disappointed me a little bit, I must admit, because mm-hmm. the, the the premise um of 
a kind of a an Uber driver, for want of a better word, picking up a passenger um, who then accidentally hits a pedestrian and then sort of things go awry from there. Sounds like yeah. it's got the potential to really kind of delve into some dark themes and potentially mm-hmm. go off in unexpected directions. And I think for me, it just didn't, go far enough i thought the two leads were very good together i thought their chemistry was good i just felt like it it, i wanted more yeah if 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 that makes sense yeah i I completely agree i think the the concept of it um was was great i think the execution is what let it down and that's not necessarily from a performance standpoint because like you said i mean a big fan of aj Bowen anyway from his previous work and i think that's maybe what Yeah, I think that's maybe what fed into my disappointment was the fact that, I don't know, you could see them eating up the material, but it was just, I I, I feel bad for saying it, but I just think it was kind of a bad film in in many ways. I will say the thing that I enjoyed the most about it was the, the pleasantly kind of surprising moments of gore that just were really actually really well done. So kudos to like the makeup effects team. Yeah, there, um, because there some... they did make you cringe in the right way. Yeah, there were some icky bits in there, kind of at unexpected places, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, um, I didn't enjoy it the most, unfortunately. What about you, Charlie? Did you did you sort um, of on the same page? See, at first, I was sat next to you, Liam, at the throughout most of the the festival, and. My How initial, unfortunate for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my initial response, I turned to you at the end of it and says, oh, I quite enjoyed that. And then by the time I got down the stairs and outside, I went, hang on a minute. No, now I've had time to sort of process it and think about the way the final third goes and sort of um, there's an element of consequence taken out of it that yeah. then sort of almost undermined and made the rest, the first two thirds underwhelming in a way. Yeah, um, because you're led to believe that the, the passengers obviously like this psychopath, but then without consequence, you know, it, it, it's a film about if there are no consequences, what would you do? Mm. And yeah, but it, it, the lead up to it is you kind of being on edge of I don't know you you made to empathise with the lead characters to obviously how kind of crazy and out of your mind you'd go in that situation because i don't know it's like life ruining isn't it what happens but then the conclusion is oh well it doesn't matter anyway yeah and i think that's that's the problem um yeah Mm. interesting yeah Yeah. but again this this is the thing it's like it's not as if we're going into these films and then coming out thoroughly disappointed going oh that was terrible we we came out discussing no uh yeah part of what a festival does you you come out yeah. having discussions and ch- chatting about the film and thinking, well, actually, if it had done this, maybe that would yeah. have worked. But then again, it really worked for some people in the audience. You you could definitely tell that. Mm. So I think it was some a highlight for a fair few people. So yeah. I mean, I think that's the great thing about mayhem in particular and genre festivals is it exposes you to stuff that you just wouldn't usually necessarily seek out or find. Exactly. Like you know, if I'd have if I'd have seen kind of that film on a streaming platform uh, i might have gone for something a bit more straight like straight laced horror as opposed to more of like a thriller kind of with a sci-fi element to it um so it was nice to 
be exposed to it but yeah it starts conversations and that's the the main thing i think yeah moving on then the final film of friday was a south korean film uh called midnight and i think this for me is where the festival really started to hit its stride for want of a better Mm -hmm. word because that is an extremely good pun because uh (laughs) the film was described beforehand in the introduction as the best film about running you'll ever see uh and (laughs) they're not wrong it's about uh, a serial killer who is interrupted uh kind of doing his business by um a woman who just happens to be deaf um and this element of the fact that she can't hear is mm-hmm. really used extremely well um yeah whether it's when she can't find people to help her or whether she can't she physically cannot hear when he's mm-hmm. around uh it's just fantastic i think the pace was brilliant i didn't think it let up um mm. i think i think i described it as being just the right amount of ridiculous in places because yeah. it, it it's it did start to kind of push the boundaries of what would be believable um yeah and you kind of your suspense of dis- like your willing suspe- uh, suspense of disbelief you've got to kind of go with it Otherwise, yeah. you would start looking at it going, wait a second, could they not just, but no, just forget that. Just get along for the ride. And yeah. it's great fun. I think two things for me that stood out were, um, I mean, yeah, I completely agree the fact that I didn't feel like it let up right from the opening. Uh, and that reminded me a lot of the Mad Max Fury Road film. I feel like that's a film that just builds mm. uh, and doesn't stop. And I don't know. I didn't expect that. And that was a really nice surprise. I absolutely love this film, by the way. Um, And I don't know. I went into it kind of thinking, oh, well, we've seen deaf protagonists a few times now, particularly in horror with the likes of Hush and A Quiet Place, obviously. Um, But it did something completely different with it, um, which I wasn't expecting. And like you said, it, it was more about someone who's deaf being able to communicate with other people in a horrific situation as opposed to i don't know the fact that they're deaf being a a disadvantage against the killer almost if that makes sense um so yeah i I thought it was really 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 well done that was a highlight for sure yeah and i think for me as well um i came away from it just appreciating um we had june's performance the the killer um Mm -hmm who had only been introduced to that week through Squid Game, because he's also in that. Oh, there was um, a small cheer, wasn't there, in the uh, in the audience when he appeared? Yes, he showed up on screen, and like you could tell who's watched Squid Game in the audience just because he appeared. But um, I just found the fact... I mean, it can all be done cleverly because of editing, obviously, when you're making a film, but the different personalities and the amount of emotion he goes through as a psychopathic killer where he's showing grief and anger and just deadpan psycho to glee and and, um happiness it's i just found his performance really solid yeah yeah it was great it really was yeah and and for me it sort of it kicked off the start of the festival being for, for me it was the it was the asian films and the festival that really stood out and this was yeah this was the first one and that sort of for me they 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 built from there yeah yeah i completely agree 
completely agree. Um, so that rounded off Friday, um, and, and what a great way to do it. So leading on to Saturday, we got there for the first film of the day, which was the uh, animation from the USA called The Spine of Night. And I must admit, I went into this one with sort of an idea of what it was going to be from the still that I'd seen. And unfortunately for me, it was exactly that. I, I... I really didn't like this one. I know a lot of people in the audience did. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, it just wasn't for me. I think the, the voice cast in it, you know, reading the names were fantastic, but I didn't think they were given. I think the dialogue they were given was a little bit wordy and I don't want to say yeah. pretentious, but a bit pretentious. And I, I, it really wasn't for me, and the animation style, again, it didn't bring it back. You know, sometimes when you think, mm. "Oh, well, actually, it was really pretty to look at," I'll... that's yeah, you can be a bit I... more forgiving, can't you? But yeah, um, it, I just unfortunately for me, it, you know, I, it's mm. it wasn't my bag at all. Um, but as I say, it, that's not to say it's a bad film. It's just that it, I didn't like it. I think I really appreciated that it, I, I mean, it was described in the introduction as this as well. It clearly was a labor of love. I mean, hmm. it, it there was obviously, I think the film was an attempt to kind of establish this mythos and this whole kind of um, like land and, and like the creatures and the magic and the science behind it all and all of this. And I will say there were some characters that I really dug, like character design, um, particularly like the flying um kind of heroes in the film I thought were great um and I don't know I there was ideas that I liked but I just think it was very muddled it it kind of was told almost like an anthology of sorts but then I don't know it wasn't coherent enough I didn't think to be an anthology and it I don't know it, it kind of got a bit monotonous like when you were flashing back to these two characters which was obviously the wraparound story having this conversation then you knew you were going to get another flashback to mm. like another story in this land it was especially when I don't you know. consider that later on in the festival there was a an anthology film with a wraparound segment that really worked yeah absolutely um yeah absolutely it was just i don't know it was a it was a letdown um and i mean some of our team obviously karen was with us as well he came at it, I think, more from an artistic and animation like background and side. So he very much had a, an opinion on it um, yeah. from that, which I do appreciate because um, I just looked at it and was like, "Oh yeah, the drawings were okay," but I, I get what he was saying. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I think there was because of the anthology aspect, and you were saying about this kind of. It was almost as if they were trying to build a world mm. that could be set in like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign somewhere. Um, yeah. So they were introducing you to a few characters and the general idea that this one character had this very specific goal, but then I didn't quite understand what everybody else's goals were and the characters it did introduce you to. Um, there was the, um, the trainee scholar, in the early part who we thought i think me and you liam thought well, this is the character we're behind this is our main protagonist yeah and then 
they disappeared. Yeah. yeah. And then I sort of, at that point, started caring very little for characters because I kind of thought, right, well, they're either going to get killed off or dropped from the story with mm. no real input um, to the output, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I, I appreciated the ambitiousness of this film. Um, but at the same time, I think it was its undoing. I think it it had too many ideas. It was trying to do too many things uh, too quickly. And I think that's ultimately what made us, things like characterization and, and us caring about the characters, that sort of thing was sacrificed over kind of as giving us these spectacles and these battles and stuff, which also weren't too well done. Hmm. <laughs> I feel that the fight scenes were quite slow. Do you know, like, yeah. as a character was running up to somebody with a weapon drawn, it was mm. almost like they were, like, slogging up to them like a turtle or a tortoise <laughs> and just, like, half swinging a sword really slowly. And it, yeah. was, it felt like it was purely there to get the effect and the animation of blood and gore. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we were promised, weren't we, in the introduction that this was going to be incredibly psychedelic. It was incredibly gory out there, crazy. And I mean, when the gore did get going, I can remember there were a couple of moments when me and you, Charlie, like literally were like, oh, God, like Mm -hmm. when people were being like split into two and spines were being ripped out. And I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the sort of thing, I guess, that I don't know if some people will enjoy. And as an audience, I think you could hear the reactions, which were good. Um, But I don't know. I, I just think it was it was a bit of a letdown, absolutely, yeah. as a whole. I think. Yeah, and I, I definitely think if Kieran were here, he would chosen he would have chosen that one as his his biggest disappointment. Yeah. I'm afraid he it was yeah. a strong reaction from Kieran. Yeah, Hell yeah, strong. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> Richard gave it five out of five, though. So uh, loved it. yeah, well, just just Richard being the uh, <laughs> the antidote to our negativity. That's it. <laughs> Um, (laughs) moving on we had uh, Knocking uh, a kind of psychological horror film I guess from Sweden Mm. which I thought really was kind of the first I don't know the first time at the festival that I really got into one of the horror films if that makes sense (laughs) because up until this point uh, obviously loved Alien on stage Midnight was more of a more of a thriller, and mm. Knocking, um, I really enjoyed. I thought it was. Mm. It's, it's odd because not an awful lot happens. Um, no, but the, that slow pace and the performance uh, at the centre of it, holding mm-hmm. everything together, I thought was terrific. I thought it was it was it was creepy. It was it was tense, and you never quite knew what was happening. Happening, yeah. I do think, personally, again, I might have liked a little bit more to happen, but maybe that's not the point. Mm. Maybe the 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 point was that it was kind of this self-contained story, um, Mm. and and it did everything that it needed to do. But yeah, I I really enjoyed this one. I think I, I agree with the fact that I think the central performance is what anchored that film and made it as successful as it was. Uh, I think quite easily if, if that, that character had been in the wrong hands, it wouldn't have been as enjoyable. Um, I do agree. I think I think more should have happened uh, because it. I know that I think the point of it was that it was supposed to follow almost this mundane kind of life that this character led. Mm. Um, but um 
and I think that was there to kind of ground some more horrific elements that were then going to be introduced but I again I, I would have appreciated them to have pushed it a lot further um there's a lot of like thrillers out there like uh rear window um that sort of thing where you have this kind of character that's trapped in this claustrophobic space and there is this horror that's happening and they're con- trying to convince other people that that something's going on um and I thought the film was clever in its a- ambiguity uh I mean even the ending I think is open to interpretation whether or not uh, obviously our protagonist is is a reliable one um yeah. but uh yeah i think i i obviously attend this festival primarily i think more for the horror side of things because that's what i know and what i love and i think this year they definitely lent more into the fantasy thriller um sci-fi kind of genre uh elements a lot more um and this was like our first stab i think at horror but it was very subtle horror is how i describe it yeah don't go into this one expecting jump scares and no to be kind of sat scared out of your wits yeah Yeah. so it does leave a lot to the imagination doesn't it um Mm. and this kind of question looming over it like you say liam about whether this protagonist is a reliable one there are times when you think okay Something Mm. is definitely going on here. And then maybe halfway through, you suddenly question whether she's she's correct and whether she is, in fact, not um, actually hearing what she thinks she's hearing. Yeah. Um, But then you then you you go back on yourself again. Like I, I went back and forth multiple times during this film of believing her and not believing her. Which I guess is a sign that it's done its job. Uh, yeah, that, that's what it's wanting the audience to do throughout. So, from that, I will say as well, just just to just to add, sorry, I did find it visually quite stunning. This film, I did think the cinematography mm. was great. There just, was some really lovely camera moves and yeah. the snorri like attention. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It, it was. Yeah, it was a lovely, lovely film to to watch. Especially um, considering it was very that easy a lot of eye. it took place <laughs> in that uh, apartment. Uh, yeah route. yeah the... and i believe it was the it was a feature film debut as well wasn't it for the director Fantastic. i think it was i yeah, think it was it's... her first feature she's definitely so... put her stamp on that then yeah absolutely um then as as usual mayhem does not just focus on feature films it actually started out as a short film uh festival and they kind of keep that element to it by having a short film showcase every saturday uh and that was the next thing that we watched uh as usual it was a mix of kind of horror uh, and genre cinema from uk the usa and further afield um and it's usually quite a mix there'll be ones in there that are just downright horrific ones in there that are short and snappy slightly longer ones um and ones that are just downright hilarious and for me my favorite was a film called uh, Waffle, which yep. I, I really enjoyed. I thought if if you want to go in and kind of watch a, a short film that is beautifully produced, um, very well made, well acted, and is the right amount of kind of sweetly, f- sickly funny, but then also extremely dark, then this is the one for you. I don't want to give really anything away other than if you can sort of seek out waffle 
Mm. I, I would, I would definitely, <laughs> definitely do it. Not to be confused with other types of waffle that people may search for on the internet. <laughs> oh no! Oh, <laughs> I'll just say that. No, no, no. <laughs> oh dear lord! Uh, no, I can, I can. I think waffle was the last one, wasn't it? In the it showcase, was, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I mean, the shorts are a particular highlight of of mine. I mean, we've we've been lucky enough to have a couple shown there, um, and I will say it is such a relief when you go and you don't have anything showing because you can literally <laughs> just just <laughs> sit back and relax and not worry about things. Um, but yeah, I, I love waffle. I think uh, my favourite, again, just me being me, was that probably one of the more horrific ones. I liked. Uh, the thing that ate the birds. Yes, I, I thought was. That oh yeah, I, no, that was good. I thought that was really, really creepy. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I dig a short film that has a weird creature in it, and yeah. I don't know. That, I think it, it ended in a nice way. Gave me the vibe <laughs> that it was potentially, in a way, a bit of a pitch. Um, yeah, it seemed like more of a proof of concept, didn't yeah. it? Like for a much bigger idea, um, yeah. which I I would be very excited to see um, developed because I think the the only things that maybe stood out as being a negative in that film were maybe the the creature like effects or design, and I think with some polishing and a bit more budget, I think they'd be onto a winner, absolutely, uh, with that. Um, yeah. I think there is another one. Um, as well, Charlie, I think I'm sure that you really liked uh, the Canadian one. They're here. Yes, I, think I was you, say you enjoyed here, that, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Um, it it was filmed in such a way that it could be quite a big budget uh, film. It could be a feature. And mm. the concept of it, of this young girl believing in aliens um, and believing that one has um, <clears throat> the corrupted her grandmother's mind and taken over her body is something that has longevity for for a feature film i think so um again it's one of those things of similar to knocking where the protagonist isn't believed by those around them Mm. Um, but this one is very much well we believe her so it's more heartbreaking as well because as an audience we we do believe her we've seen it happen yeah but the characters around them don't so but it was also it was shot beautifully i think I know in the last part, CGI for the creature and the alien is... is um, I think it would have benefited maybe from a, a bit more of a budget again, wouldn't it? Um, and yeah. that sort of thing. But again, I think they're the, that, that's kind of what makes these sorts of short films so charming. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely felt like a, it was paying homage to like Amblin films, like early Spielberg and yeah. that kind yeah. of nuclear almost non-nuclear family sorry having to fight these forces that they don't quite understand so yeah i i enjoyed that i thought that was a great one moving on then uh the two films that closed the night on friday we are going to talk about a little bit later on but they were the korean uh thriller spirit walker and the classic phantom of the paradise sunday started with uh another film which I think we're going to talk about a little bit later on in more detail, called Get the Hell Out, Taiwanese zombie film, swiftly followed by uh, an American film called Hellbender, which we are also going to chat about a little bit later on. We're going to talk you... about everything later on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hilariously, the next film 
and the film after that are also going to be talked about a little bit later on. Um, <laughs> the Night Shift, a Korean anthology film, and also uh, Lam, another Swedish horror, which moves us on to the final film of the festival, um, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, a Japanese film which comes from, with a massive endorsement from the director of One Cut of the Dead, which kind of gives you an idea about the, the kind of the vibe of this film uh mm, and if mm. you can kind of look past the fact that it's got quite a pretentious title um it <laughs> it was absolutely terrific my one uh kind of thing to say is just whatever you do do not search for the trailer on youtube yeah because the, the trailer does not do it any sort of justice whatsoever um mm. it, it makes it look quite frankly awful um that's so a shame. It is, it, is, it is a shame because the film is terrific. It, it's it's shot to make it look like one continuous cut, um, and also the, the kind of the premise that there is a monitor in this guy's bedroom that is linked with like a two minute time delay to the TV screen in the cafe below, um, mm. and that therefore he can effectively time travel is yeah. fantastic um and the way that more characters get introduced and <laughs> things start to heighten um and they realize that by hook or by crook they can sort of extend this two minutes um and everything just gets more and more elaborate and it, it's it does it has that charming one cut of the deb dead style kind of vibe to it where yeah. it looked like everyone was having a lot of fun and it, it's 70 minutes long and it just does not let up for the entire no. film it just ramps up and up and up and up with things getting more and more ridiculous as the characters are in more and more slight versions of themselves of two minutes past and two minutes in the future and you're kind of looking at it going how the heck are they remembering all of this how are they yeah. timing everything so that everything's right? Uh, and it yeah. is wonderful. I think on the face of it, and like you've probably said, you know, with the trailer, you could look at it and, and very easily think, God, this looks bad. And I think it really helped us going in pretty much blind um, and not really knowing what to expect because you're greeted with this concept pretty much immediately. And it's an example of where a film has an absolutely killer concept and does absolutely everything it can with it, but in the right way. Yeah. And um, I think the the performances were great. It was absolutely hilarious um, to, to watch. And I don't know, I was thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. It's the same way that I think the, this festival had a killer opening. It had a killer close. And I think we all left with smiles on our faces after we'd watched this film. 100%. Um, and yeah, we we'd we'd had a really really good time, um, and I think that's that's one of the unique things about this this festival. You'll watch a film where you get absolutely shit scared an hour before, and then the next film you put on, you're just literally laughing the whole way through. Um, but yeah, I think again another highlight of mine was 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 this film. I really really liked it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's my close second um, from the whole festival and it was just a great way to round off the weekend um mm -hmm. yeah it's always great to finish on a high isn't it like that and 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely didn't disappoint. And the fact that it only lasted 70 minutes meant that we managed to get home in a reasonable hour. So, <laughs> it didn't outstay its welcome. And I got my last bus. So thanks, yeah. Mayhem. <laughs> Always being considerate. Absolutely. Um, but, but also, what an absolute feat of filmmaking that oh film is. Oh, my gosh. Like, if you watch this film, stay for the credits, guys, because you get to see, obviously, how they kind of did it. Um, but, oh, my God. Yeah. I said to you, didn't I, afterwards, Charlie, I was like, can you imagine writing the script for this thing? It would yeah. be... I mean, it, I think it's as much mathematical as it is, like, a story, if that yeah. makes sense. I, I didn't see... You said something to me about... You saw a, a clip of the script and how the they'd made notes on it where they've circled one of the events that happens and then draw an arrow to five pages later where it reoccurs because of this yeah. monitor being set up. But it's it insane. just must be so difficult to keep track of everything that's going on at all times oh absolutely mind-boggling mm. i think <laughs> for sure <laughs> so that kind of brings us to an end of mayhem for for 2021 we are going to be discussing uh, our favorite films from the festival and also as i say our biggest disappointments so definitely not the worst films at the festival but the the ones that for whatever reason made us a little bit sad <laughs> i've just it's gone really quiet for a second no i don't know like it was crackling kind of weird mm. like i don't know if it's doing it now or not no i think we're good this end i think it might just be your end or anything yeah yeah i think sometimes when i kind of turn it off and on it just kind of goes weird like some i can hear like, like an odd echo sometimes you're not getting an echo no, not like no. somebody like angrily reciting the alphabet or anything. Oh, because <laughs> do you know who's in the uh, what could possibly be the corner of my, uh, of my headset? At the corner of your headset. <laughs> That's oh, right. Dude. He's here. Oh. It's tiny Nicholas Cage. We got debated into that. Oh my! <laughs> well, you, you you say we, Charlie. All right then. I'm not here you often did. enough. <laughs> You're here every yeah. time. I'm not. Got him. Oh. Got him. <laughs> um, I thought this month, um, as our wonderful Cage Corner. See how I pause there for the uh, the Cage Corner riff to go in. Um, yeah. That, that I, I wonder what was happening there. Yeah, don't you worry. Like, what is he don't doing it again? Um, yeah, the scratching in the in the edge of the room. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna whip out a Nicolas Cage quiz. Uh, oh, I want to see. Oh God, which one of you guys is the most cagiest? Oh, uh, who knows the most oh. about our Lord and Savior? Do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Saviour, Nicholas Cage? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so uh, it's a 10 question quiz. I'm going to absolutely blast through it. Um, okay. And you can play along at home if you like. So I think I'm going to do really badly at this. I'm just yeah, going to so Quite a few of them are multiple choice. Oh, okay. So, okay. Then they're ones that you can guess at. Okay. Just so you're aware, the first one is not multiple choice. Um, <laughs> you lied, goddammit. <laughs> so, first question in our Nicolas Cage quiz. The tagline, ice cold, hot, wired, comes from which 
film. Uh, when you know, because I can oh. see both of you, just pop your hands up. Uh, and <gasps> Liam, you're going to go straight in. So you think you know the answer, Liam. So Charlie, yeah, I'm gonna based give on, you, yeah. I'm going to give you yeah. a chance to guess beforehand. The line again. Ice cold, hot, wired. Okay, I've got, I've got a guess, but okay. it's probably wrong. I'm, I'm working on integrity here, so if Charlie gets it right, Liam, and it wasn't what you said, you've got to go with your original. Okay. <laughs> okay. Charlie, hit me. Is it Ghost Rider? <sighs> Liam, do you agree? No. Hit me, Liam. Uh, gone in 60 seconds? It was, in fact, gone in 60 seconds. Charlie, I like I like your, your thinking, though. So I, I like mm-hmm. the fact that you... You went down the the automobile route. It shows that you've got some cage knowledge there, so I'm okay with that. I must have been about ten since I last watched Gone in sixty seconds. Do you know what plot twist? Never watched it. Whoa! Oh, shut up! It's <laughs> classic. Mike Sharp. <laughs> oh, that's right. So good. Um, multiple choice question for you. Okay. Nicholas Cage's father had which occupation? Was he an actor, a literature professor, a chef, or a high school teacher? Hands up when you've got an answer, and I will go to the other person to guess. Literature professor, actor, high school teacher, chef. Oh, I was in unison. So, Liam, give me your answer first. It's a toss-up. I'm going to go with, uh, was it high school teacher? High school teacher from Liam. Charlie? I was going to go literary professor. Oh, and you would be correct, making it one all. He was, in fact, a literature professor. Unlucky God Liam. damn it. I was, it was literally between those two. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. Which is the first movie that Nicolas Cage appeared in? Was it Peggy Sue Got Married, Rumblefish, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, or Face Off? Oh, Liam's straight in, which means we're going to go to Charlie for a guess. Um, Face Off. He's going for Face Off. Is that because Uh, that's the one you've heard of? Yeah. Like it. (laughs) Like your style. Liam? Uh, Peggy Sue. No points for either of you, I'm afraid. God damn. The answer was Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which means zero points. It's still one all in the Nicolas Cage quiz. <gasps> Crazy. It's nail-biting Crazy. up in here. <laughs> um, you should both get this one right, I reckon. So it should be hands up straight away. Which is Nicolas Cage's real name? Is it Nicholas Vivarium? Is it Nicholas Presley, Nicholas Coppola, or Nicholas Mann? I love how neither of us have answered. This is so worrying. Okay. Liam's Um, got his hand up. uh, It's going to be wrong. Charlie, hit me. Uh, Presley. Oh, okay. He did marry a Presley. Damn it. So, incorrect. Okay, so I know it's not Presley then. That's great. Liam. Uh, <laughs> um, Coppola. Yeah, correct, Amundo. 
He is, um, I think, the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. So I feel like we... I've read that somewhere. I think you'll that find it was, it was still on... very much a stab in the dark. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find <laughs> it was on an early cage corner, Liam. So. <laughs> You think I listen to this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, question number five. Two, one to Liam. Nicolas Cage is credited as being the director of this movie. Is it Sonny, Birdie, Manny or Laddie? Boom, same time. Liam, give me your answer first. Sonny? Liam's gone for Sonny. Charlie? gonna say sunny but i'll go with manny <gasps> you've changed your mind it was That's the incorrect it, decision it was in fact sunny you can go for the same one i don't mind i really don't mind okay um question number six nicholas cage have been married <laughs> how many times that we know of that we know of <laughs> yes <laughs> do we just have to guess guess a number ah <sighs> Liam's in. Charlie's in. Locked in. Okay, Charlie, give me your answer. Four. Four times for Charlie. Liam? I was also going to say that. So, yeah, I'll go the same. Four. Shouldn't have done it, Liam. It was five. Unlucky. God damn it. Um, it. His most recent marriage of four days does count. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Next question. He has two sons. For a point each, name them. I ain't giving you any uh, multiple choice here. Liam's got a hand up there, which means he's probably got at least one of the sons. <laughs> no. Really disappointing. <laughs> it's sad that I know these, isn't it? It's it. I don't know. It's you, Jono. I do believe um, one of them is a comic book artist and the other one is an actor. Uh, not that that helps you at all. No. Okay. Charlie, are you going to guess some names for me? I should guess. Do you want both of them? Yeah, hit me with two and then I can give you... I will go with Luke Cage. I like (laughs) it. Good, strong vibes. And Nick. And, oh, okay. Okay, I like it. Liam? I was thinking he might have also... He seems like the sort of person who'd have a Nicholas Cage Jr. or mm-hmm. Nick Cage Jr. Um, but I, I don't know. I have no idea. So I was literally going to say Legolas and Rickolas Cage. Legolas and Rickolas Cage. <laughs> See, the thing is, neither of you are massively kind of far away with the vibe that you went down. Um, so Nicholas Cage is a massive fan of uh, comic books and fantasy. So Legolas, Luke Cage, I wouldn't have been horrendous answers however his sons are cal l from superman uh and also western so cal l cage and western Western. cage yeah western like a western so um, western cage for goodness sake cal l cage yeah i think it's yeah but western or is it just cal l w-e-s-t-o-n oh okay so yeah western western just so you're aware it is 3-1 to Liam with two questions remaining so Charlie you're going to have to absolutely smash these oh dear Uh, he has the tattoo of a cartoon character this cartoon character is a bird what is it 
Liam's locked in. Charlie's looking for doesn't bode well, does it? If Liam knows it. No. I don't think I know, but I, I have an idea. Liam knows the cartoon character Bird, so that's why Liam's locked in. Okay, we're going to have to hurry, uh, Charlie. I'm going to say Big Bird from Sesame Street. It's called Big Bird. Controversially, wow. wouldn't say cartoon character. <laughs> 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 You've picked like the only bird character that is like not a cartoon. <laughs> for goodness sake, Charlie, one job. I will uh, for for that, Charlie. I will let Liam answer, and then I'll let you reconsider. Oh, okay. Okay, Liam. Um, are you going is with? it Road Roadrunner? Oh, Roadrunner. Liam's gone for Roadrunner. Charlie, it's not going to be. I haven't got the foggiest. I don't know. No. He's timed out. It's Uh, Woody Woodpecker. Oh, for goodness sake, I was going to say Woody Woodpecker. And literally, (laughs) you know, when I put my hand up, Woody Woodpecker was in my mind. And then I was like, no, no. (laughs) Oh, I nearly, you nearly had to bleep then, Jono. So consider you're welcome. At least you didn't say Big Bird. Just saying. Right. Jeez. You know when you put on spot, right? Your mind goes weird places. Just goes straight okay. to Big Bird. Yours does. <laughs> Big Bird. So, making the last question absolutely pointless. Um, but we will see if Charlie can claw one back. Who directed the greatest movie ever made, Face Off? Was it Corey Ewan, John Wu, Stephen Chow, or John Landis? Liam's got his hand up. Charlie looks defeated. Broken. Defeated, man. (laughs) Which tells me that I think Liam has got this one correct. And Charlie's sort of just doing a weird twitchy thing with his finger. (laughs) Charlie, who are you going for? Corey, Stephen Chow. John Wu, Stephen Chow or John Landis? I'll go with Stephen Chow. He's gone with Stephen Chow. Liam. John Wu. The master of the doves himself, John Woo. Off they go. <laughs> in slow motion into the distance. Which means Liam wins and Nicolas Cage quiz 4-1. Well played, Charlie. I mean, it, it was it was always going to be tough. It was always going to be tough. I'm just, um, I'm just not as cultured in Nick Cage I think that's as it. you are. I think that's it. I think I'm only... A fractionally more cultured than you, just because of how much I'm exposed to it through Jono. Yeah, so, I think that's, that's it. where it comes from. So I don't know if it's a positive thing. I was going to say, <laughs> if, if anything, this is probably a massive indictment. If, <laughs> the uh, cage is rubbing off. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that at home. Uh, and if you played along, please let us know if you got a higher score than our very own Liam Banks. Uh, and if you have, congratulations. You have my utmost <laughs> respect. <laughs> Legend. Um, so moving on then, I thought we would uh, delve into uh, some of the films that stood out to us in Mayhem. So Liam, I'm going to start with you. Um, favourite film of the festival? Um, so my favourite of the festival was the closing film of Saturday night? Yeah, it was. It was yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, it's the one that Matt came along for and thoroughly enjoyed. It was, so yeah, I mean, in this in the festival, this slot is usually devoted to like a cult favourite or like an older 
film. Uh, I know previously we've seen the likes of Suspiria uh, mm. in this place. So this uh, year did not disappoint. And I don't, I think I might in saying none of us had seen this film before we went in. No. Um, and it was the 1974 film Phantom of the Paradise, directed by none other than Brian De Palma. Um, yes. So when you think of Brian De Palma, I don't think you would think of this film. This is Brian De Palma of Scarface fame. Scarface, Carrie, yeah. like just not. You wouldn't think that one of his films would be a rock opera, which I think is the only way to describe this film. Um, oh my god, I was thoroughly, thoroughly blown away by it. Um, I think starting it. I mean, I'm not a big fan of musicals. Um, but I will say I have a soft spot for the likes of Rocky Horror. And I think this this film and Rocky Horror, you could absolutely do in a double feature. Yeah. It was just, oh, it was it was incredible. Um, it stars Paul Williams as a music executive called Swan, who also made the music and produced the, the music for the film, which Oscar on its nominated, own, by the way, the music. It, it the is fantastic. It deserved an Oscar. Uh, I know I'm taking it, you saying nominated means it didn't win. Don't think it did. Um, <laughs> which is an absolute shame. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, standout would be, I mean, I thought the our protagonist, uh, William Finley playing mm. Winslow was great. Jessica Harper, it was she was brilliant. Didn't know that she could sing either, which was a nice surprise. Uh, but the standout was absolutely uh, Garrett Graham playing Beef. Beef! Like... <laughs> I'm I'm usually not that partial to beef, but after that film, I wanted nothing but beef. So <laughs> take that as you will. <laughs> I, think... I, I just loved it. Loved <sighs> loved him so much. Controversially <laughs> for me, I'm gonna say mm. I think I actually preferred this to Rocky Horror. I I, <laughs> I can I can understand I can understand yeah, that. I just I think uh... moments of it were I, I don't know. I think it was just it was excessive in all the right ways, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just fabulous. And when the, the obviously the, the the whole kind of concept and story behind this is that Swan, the music producer, is stealing Winslow's work to basically launch his own show, um, which is going to be the, the Paradise. And he's launching this show. And obviously there's kind of like this reference to the phantom of the opera story this hideously dis disfigured man which happens also <laughs> in the quirkiest of ways uh, i mean getting your face pressed in a vinyl press is just it's just it it's just absolutely batshit crazy it's it's mental um but i don't know i i i wanted to watch it like as soon as i'd finished watching it i wanted to watch it again um and uh, i think i'm i might only refer to you as you big Goliath <laughs> going forward, uh, uh, Jono, just because I, I absolutely just love that. Uh, having a rock star then just be the campus thing on earth was just a genius move, I think. I thought it was <laughs> wonderfully camp. I, I, yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. 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 I uh, stand agree. out for me. Stand out I, for me. I went into it not really knowing what to expect because, um, admittedly, not seen Phantom of the Opera. So, or, or Rocky Horror Show. So I sort of didn't know what to expect and I didn't think it would be my cup of tea. But 
about 15, 20 minutes in, I was like, yeah, I'm on board with this. This is cool. <laughs> I had, I, don't, I think I probably laughed the most at this film out of any of the films. And I mean, that's saying something because Alien mm-hmm. on stage was epic. But I don't know. It just, it, it just ruined me in all the right ways. <laughs> Amazing. That's, that's something to put on a poster, isn't that? Ruined me Absolutely. in all the in right all ways. In all the right ways, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic. I think that's nice because you, you said that this was one you were looking forward to and it, and it delivered. Um, yeah. Which I, I guess in, a, in a, a rather horrible way kind of brings us on to the next film, which was a film that you were really looking forward to. Um, yes. And yeah. then didn't kind of deliver as much as you wanted it to and that was uh the deep house yeah um so i think i obviously we mentioned this when we ran through the the kind of the time table of the festival schedule of the festival um this was the closing film of the first night and i don't know when you hear the it's one of those films that has just like the, a, a great, great idea behind it. When you hear underwater haunted house, uh, you just think, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. And I don't know. Part of me was just like, how can you mess this up? <laughs> um, but they 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 found a way. And I mean, I'll start with I'll start with the negatives and I'll end with the positives just because I don't want this to be like me just shitting all over this film because. I respect anyone who makes a film. Um, but this was directed uh, by the filmmakers who were behind Inside, which is a 2007 French film, which I don't know if either of you have seen, but it's probably one of the most intense and horrific films you could see. Uh, think of like probably one of the worst things that could happen. <laughs> it's kind of this film. Um, but this this one, despite the concept, despite um i don't know the the filmmakers behind it i think my main problem was the the characters i just despised them and really didn't like them at all you kind of the the idea is is that you have these like adrenaline junkies slash youtubers slash influencers who are looking for like the next big experience that they can film and get thousands of views online which they just constantly keep saying um this one's gonna go viral (laughs) yeah i mean if i i I don't know part of me didn't know whether or not it was deliberately like you were supposed to just hate them well i don't know i I don't know partly but people are so kind of youtube and tech savvy uh now Mm. that they came across as really kind of unrealistic in the depiction of what a YouTuber would do, especially yep. someone who hasn't got that many subscribers and is trying to get a big break. He's got a flipping yep. underwater drone camera. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it takes, takes leaps doesn't it, with the logic. It's, I mean, the thing is, is I, the things could have been a whole lot, cleverer i think in their approach with it because there are loads of stories of youtubers influencers that like do controversial things for views and and that Mm. sort of thing and like that i feel was like a thing that wasn't tapped into it was more just an excuse for this found footage film to just keep recording and keep rolling when obviously they were in a very stupid and precarious situation now for me personally uh, the two of the biggest things that I fear, uh, I'm very extremely claustrophobic. And one of my biggest fears is drowning. 
So to have this haunted house underwater, where it was like immediately, I was kind of on edge at the You're idea in, of yeah. it. Um, but then, I don't know. I didn't find it particularly scary. There were a few moments that I really liked, but then it was things were kind of explained away, like oh. Yep, it's probably satanic, or all yeah, yeah. There's just a weird ritual going on in the basement. It's it, I don't know. It was just it's very odd. Uh, Mick Jagger's son is the lead, like uh, male protagonist, uh, James Jagger. Um, and I don't know. I don't really think he can act. I think he maybe got the role because he's Mick Jagger's son. I, I it was just an absolute letdown. But like I said, I want to end with the positives. I think the production design was incredible. Oh, it's uh, this house. It was- lovely set. was it was it was in, it was insane how good it was mm. um like it was just gorgeous to look at and them swimming through these spaces uh they they did that really really successfully but i think that wasn't enough to save this film yeah. uh, and that's why it was my biggest disappointment unfortunately yeah i think for me personally it looked gorgeous the sets mm-hmm. as you say were incredible the production design was spot on um, I just think it was unfortunate when things could have got particularly grisly that it relied on bubbles going everywhere and you didn't really see what was happening. And yeah. then also, I, I just, I wanted, what we were promised was a haunted house film underwater. And what we mm-hmm. got, unfortunately, was like a, a haunted house film underwater. There was nothing else. You know, they, I didn't yeah. feel like they utilized the fact that it was underwater enough, unfortunately, for me. Yeah, in in some ways, it's like they kind of tried to make it, I don't know, conventional, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was sense. too conventional. Like, it was underwater the, and that was it. The scares were like these ghostly people walking about underwater, which, yeah, is odd to look at. But, oh my God, you're underwater, like have bodies floating about. And yeah. I don't know, just there, there's, yeah. It was mm, it made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything to add on that one, Charlie, or do you want to bring the tone up a little bit and, and lighten um, it with your favourite? I wasn't there for this film, but oh, it was one that I was looking forward to yes. seeing. So when I then heard Friday morning that you were all quite disappointed with it, I was like, okay, didn't. The only good thing I missed about Friday then was Alien on stage from the two. Mm. So in, in, if anything, this was a, a major success for yourself <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so um favorite film of the festival charlie because i know you've got about another 12 minutes with us and then you've got to dash off so i do indeed um so i'll try and keep it short and maybe let you guys do a lot more of the talking on them because i know that you guys also liked get the hell out um Yum. a taiwanese zombie comedy film that is set around Parliament being infected with a virus, which I think going into it kind of thought, okay, well, we're kind of still in a pandemic and COVID and all that. How are they going to pull this off and keep it interesting? And it actually had nothing to do with that side of things, which is where I thought it was going to go. But it's the rabies virus. And it just is, it's just brilliant. It just gets out of hand so quickly. We're thrown into the start of the story. And then uh, we're thrown into it where we're already joining the chaotic action of Parliament and like they're all eating each other. And then it skips back to before the events of this outbreak and you get the build up and it's just done brilliantly. It's comical. It's got a love story intertwined with it as well. 
that it pieces it all together that all these characters get find themselves in this situation where they're working as a team against the powers of parliament which they all kind of despise and it makes the main character question why she wanted to get into parliament in the first place as well which is i guess something that's quite current across the globe really i I just like in the current situation i I just really love the fact that there's actually very little difference between when the the mps and the members of parliament are bitten and when they are just normally debating things the (laughs) amount of shouting and water throwing (laughs) and just general aggro that's going on you kind of almost (laughs) think they're they're rabid already um i I thought it was Mm. terrific i thought it was it was funny obviously some of the jokes wouldn't land with a western audience there's obviously a kind of a layer there that we're not going to get um Mm. but the visual humor a lot of the references to current memes and trends and people getting shot and then suddenly just dancing when they die. The um, just... caricature and comics book style every yes. time he was introduced to a character and it sort of gave you that manga art style over yeah. the top of it. It just had this um, pow, whack kind of vibe to it. Yeah. It was... yeah, yeah, loved it. It was ferocious, it was kinetic and it was just absolutely hilarious in places. Um, I, I think that was, yeah, it was an ace way to kick off that 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 day wasn't it it was yeah yeah it was yeah. brilliant 12 12 o'clock after you'd been there late the night before driven in <laughs> that was a wake-up call that was yeah the perfect <laughs> way to start the day yeah I, absolutely I could, that definitely not a film to close the festival that one that you'd go home just come you'd crash on the way home <laughs> you'd just just drive into everything i think yeah perfect um so I'm going to bring it down a notch again, Charlie. You're going to have to tell mm. us the film that sort of disappointed yeah. you. So Sunday obviously starts off really well with Get the Hell Out. And it very quickly, that day very quickly became the highs and lows for me of the whole festival because we go from Get the Hell Out. And it might have played a part in how I then felt about the next film because I'd just come from the high of that film. Yeah. But Hellbender for me was vastly disappointing um i went into it with the expectation it was going to feel quite blair witchish we was going to see a lot of gory horrific witchcraft going on um and it uh, it very much felt a lot of tell and don't show throughout the entire film um, mm. And the stuff it was showing you was stuff you'd already been told. So it was just, it was a slog. Um, but mm. then it also had this other side to it where it had this death metal family band playing, um, which seemed to have no real effect on the story for me, apart from showing the relationship between mother and daughter and then justifying her name as hellbender um mm. it didn't do much else for me to be honest yeah i think i think it was in in essence it's a coming of age story and about it's about a relationship between a mother and a daughter who 
happen to be witches and i i just mm. they, they there was too much kind of chat and the, i think the relationship between the mother and daughter was odd weirdly yeah extremely um, odd and uh, it didn't gel with me i'm afraid i know the people behind us came out going well that was terrific i thought it, you know uh, so mm. i don't know if if you're if that was the vibe that you were kind of going for um then you you're probably going to come out of this film thinking very differently to we did but i i think a little bit like uh some of the other films were talked about i felt like it could have done more i i felt yeah. like i was waiting for something to happen um yeah. and and it never really did um i, I thought the opening um it kind of gave it a little bit of intrigue and then it quickly moved away from that time period completely to the modern yeah. day and i think that disappointed me um because i would have rather stayed sort of in that world yeah. rather than bring it forwards and i think it definitely had like a a whiff of being made during lockdown i, I assume it probably was i know it was made by like the adams family uh not them but <laughs> it, it yeah it was very much kind of a family affair and i i don't know i i think it, it sort of for me had that kind of vibe of a film that was made as and when uh in the locations it felt, that they could use and it felt like a, a weekend project to me yeah i know that sounds awful and i mean i don't know there are aspects of it that i respect i mean the fact that it is this family unit making a oh, film together gotcha. like i mean that that's pretty freaking cool. sweet yeah um and i mean obviously there, like you said there were these kind of like rock interlude moments which i think were part of the story in some way but also showcased obviously yeah these guys were maybe also musicians and i think when we left we said is this almost a vehicle for their music in some mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. like it kind of felt like that um but yeah i mean the opening showed promise when we were introduced to the human firework i kind of tapped out for a little <laughs> bit because i was like no i don't think i like this and unfortunately yeah incredibly wordy we were alluding to a lot of stuff um i'm not a fan of people spitting things in films and we got that a lot even into each other's mouths sometimes, which was just weird because they are family. I would not do that with my mother. Mm. Um, and um, unfortunately, then when we did get shown things and there is kind of like this reveal of these characters' inner natures, it just looked like something that Andrew Kramer did 10 years ago on his YouTube channel. It was very After Effects demony, and I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit of a snob, but it was a shame yeah uh, really because yeah. I, I i was i can remember saying to you guys before we started watching it i was like oh i just want some horror and we we i think we all felt this was going to be a horror film yeah you thought from you like were the, get it. the still and it just it, it was horrific but for other reasons yeah unfortunate i think really unfortunate mm. um charlie do you have to leave us there um, I will leave you there, yes. That is very fair. Uh, I, um, I understand that you don't want to listen to my opinions. It's, I will go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. opinions on films. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been lovely chatting with you guys again. Absolutely. Yeah, you too, matey. Absolutely fine. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've done it. I've done it mid-podcast.
It's crazy. That felt weird. That felt it very odd. Feel weird. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep the recording going. By the way, so just so you're aware, this is mm-hmm. just continuing. This this is me then hanging right. around awkwardly for a few seconds whilst he clicks before. on the exit button. While Goodbye. I just hover over the disconnect button. Wait for him. To and go. I'm going to probably just cut you out. Mid-sentence. Yeah, there he's, he did it. He absolutely <laughs> did it. Oh, I'm so pleased he's gone. Oh, oh wow. God. Awful Talk about being. disappointments. Jesus. Oh, wow. Biggest disappointment <laughs> of the podcast. Gosh. <laughs> what would be hilarious now is if uh, Rich tapped in. It's <laughs> so like, hi, guys. Hi, uh, hi guys. Five out of five. <laughs> Love him. Love him. Um, I'm, I'm going to crack on with uh, with my favourite of the festival, Liam. Oh, I'm 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 also gonna I'm also gonna go. So um, sick, sick. <laughs> imagine it's just, just you on your own. I'll just continue. I have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, no, hit hit me with it, dude. Uh, oh, are you starting with your your? Oh, you starting with your the your good, positives. The good, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. Um, what do you want to? No, I'm gonna end I don't on know. a positive. Mix it up. I'm yeah, mix end it on up. A positive because I yeah. So this is. This is the thing, right? With this, my disappointment. This is mm-hmm. not to say that I did not like this film, and it's not to say that yeah. I didn't think it was good. Yeah. I was just disappointed in the direction it took. Uh, yeah, and this for me was lamb. Now, mm-hmm. I don't really want to give much away about it because. <sighs> It's definitely one of those films that you've it's kind of got to be seen to be believed. And yeah. I'm just going to I'm going to have to go ahead and say it. So spoiler alert, I am going to talk about the plot. Okay. Uh, so if you want to I think you kind of have to with this we, film we'd to have be honest. To. So if you want to go into this film completely blind, please feel free to skip this section um and move on to the film that I thought was the best of the fest. Um yeah. so Warnings out the way. Lamb is uh, a tale about a, a husband and wife who live on a remote farm, and for whatever reason, they don't have children. I, in 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 my version of the film, I think that they've either tried and they can't have children, or they've had uh, children who have who've died young. Um, yeah. And yeah. What they do is they sort of adopt a, a, a lamb, basically. So the lambs give yeah. uh, the, the, the sheep give birth at the start of the film, and when one of them is born, they immediately take the lamb away from the mother. Um, yeah, I mean, you probably want to mention what's different about. Well, this, this is the thing. At thing? the start of the film, you don't <laughs> really child. know what's different about the lamb. No, I think um, it was quite clever in that. Until um, maybe about a third of the way through where you start to realise that, oh, crikey, this lamb is half lamb, half human baby. So it's I got... Mean, so did, did you not know that that was going to happen going into it? Or, or did you? I, no, I, I, I thought it was going to be... I thought it might do, but okay. I, 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 thought, I, I thought it was going to be more sort of subtle with it. I didn't think it was going to be a literal lamb head on a baby legs. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is very it that, is isn't it? It's very in your face. And yeah. I wanted then 
once I knew that was the case, what I wanted from the film was it to be, is it a lamb head on baby legs or is it all in their mind? Are they imagining this? Are they putting a human kind of tint on this creature because they're so intent on having a, a, a baby of their own that yeah. they think that it is um, part human or yeah, th- that's what I wanted it to be about. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, it sort of just transpires that, yeah, no, this is actually a half lamb, half human hybrid. And mm. th- there's another character that comes into it. It's the, uh, the brother of the husband. And the fact that he sort of very quickly accepts that this is fine um mm. I, I guess this sort of means that they've tried this before and they've had other lamb human hybrids before but i no everyone accepts it as as normal and this annoyed me uh, and i wanted there to be mm. more tension there of why are we doing this this is unethical how has this happened um and then it also at the end of the film when you see kind of the the full grown um lamb human hybrid so now like ram human uh, yeah sort of then completely takes away any um idea that it could be all in the characters heads because there's a fully grown one roaming around so obviously yeah they they they're real so mm. i wanted there to be more kind of ambiguity to it rather than just it for me it was too straight kind of on the nose which sounds really weird for a film about a lamb baby i mean there there was um i i, I don't know i i think obviously in the introduction um and i i had quite obviously a conversation uh with you uh kieran uh, other 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 people obviously you'd seen it afterwards it was i don't know it it, it was it's an A24 film, and I think I had an expectation with that alone, knowing that it was going to be this weird slow burn thing where there was just going to probably be something just really odd happening. And then, um, like, you'd be rewarded for your patience at the end. Um, and I do agree to some extent. I didn't feel like my patience was was rewarded as much as I would have liked. Um, I think it had potential to go in weirder places but at the same time you left that film reading it a completely different way than i did which i found really interesting um so you had like this whole idea obviously like you said where they tried maybe this before or it had already happened yeah so i'll I'll give you my read of the film and you can give the listeners yours yes so yeah my reading of the film and i i literally for, you know, for right or wrong, I can't see that there's any other possible one. I will disagree with you. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, um, is that they've been trying for a while for a baby of their own. Um, for whatever reason, they can't have one. Therefore, they've decided that the the, the best way to do it is for Daddy O to sort of mm. get jiggy with the sheep, and therefore somehow, some way lamb baby mm. is therefore born you, you, mm. you kind of get the impression that by they visit a grave site with a few with multiple graves that yes yeah i think what happens is when they get to a point where they're no longer cute and are actually sort of sort of hideous creatures 
that yeah. they basically kill them and start the process again, uh, mm. bury them, and the cycle goes on. Apart from one creature, which must have escaped and is now roaming uh, the countryside in search yeah. of um, ones of his kind. Yeah. Um, and that that's the only way I can read it, because... The, I think there's some credence to that reading. Must, his, his, his very existence kind of proves that for me. Mm. I, I mean, it, there's definitely some credit, obviously, to, to, to your reading of it, because they they obviously already had like a cut there. They had clothes for this this baby, this child, and, mm. and all of that. So it does beg the question, like, yeah, did this either come from like a failed like a, a possible miscarriage or a, a child that had died. And I mean, again, the the graves that you see, it, you never obviously see who they are. Um, well, you do, but do you know what I mean? You don't know if they they were human. No. And that's like a you question that you, yeah, you didn't think you'd have to ask, but you do. Um, so I, yeah, I, can, I, I don't know. It did throw up. I, I found your interpretation of it probably a lot more interesting than mine because I was then thinking, oh my God, this that's harrowing that if it is like this cycle that they repeat. So it's like a, a farming, but in a different way that they're, they're farming for like an emotional kind of object that yeah. they can love and, and, and be around to then just, because I mean, you see kind of that side, um, of 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 the the wife character because because she then gets angry at the the sheep that is the actual mother obviously of this child and ends up killing it um so there is do you know what i mean it's it's in it's in the realm of possibility that they would just shoot this thing as an animal Mm -hmm. even though it does have these human qualities so i i do get that the the only other thing and i mean my reading of it um if it's okay to give would be um I don't know. I think the, the the passage of time in the film is somewhat ambiguous. Obviously, we start the film and we know it's Christmas, but we don't see any kind of other events. Um, so I don't know. You don't know if it's months that have passed or if it's maybe years that have possibly passed or weeks or do you know what I mean? It's It's quite open. And I know that we have this character of the brother coming in who at first doesn't accept what's going on he does kind of say what the audience is thinking like what what the f is is going on here um but then i did like the fact that it did just sit normally with them <laughs> i found it was quite uh, i don't know I, I found the lamb baby very very cute um but my interpretation was that it was something else that we kind of see entering the barn at the start like i really was wanting it to be something like i don't know obviously devils rams you associate um sorry rams sheep that sort of thing you associate with images of the devil and i was thinking there could have been this whole other thing um that it's like this weird antichrist kind of thing that's been born but and i, I don't know we got the payoff obviously with the full grown ram man at the end but i don't i didn't know how to read that i didn't know if it was yeah like an escaped one like you said or if this was perhaps maybe something that was kept in the family, like, I don't know, uh, this Ram man might have been our lead guy's brother in some way. So it was like his parents that had started this weird tradition of having sex with sheep. <laughs> I, I don't know. Or And I, I didn't know if that Ram man was the, the creature that was then responsible for the lamb 
like baby because obviously the film ends with this Raman taking this lamb baby away to raise as his own, I assume. Yeah, because assume so. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I didn't know whether... I, I wasn't as disappointed uh, as you guys were. Um, I actually, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And again, I thought it was stunning to look at, but it was... I, I do think, yeah, in hindsight, I do think it could have lent into the weirdness a little bit more, mm. perhaps, if, I think... if that makes sense. I think Kieran referred to it as an episode of EastEnders that just happened to have a lamb baby instead of a real baby. Yeah. Which... Yeah, and I, I do get his point where he said, like, if there wasn't a lamb baby, what would have been special about it? But I think the fact is, is there was a lamb baby, so that was the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what, what did disappoint me, though, um, was obviously me and Charlie discussed we, we we were kind of more thinking like oh well there might be some folklore behind this there might be something a bit more interesting and I, was it yourself who googled it and the director had said like he didn't know why it had happened oh, yeah. or it was just like a weird dream he'd had or something um yeah. which yeah i don't know I, i'm not saying that we make films and have ideas behind everything other than i don't know let's shoot this this will be creepy as shit yeah but i i don't know that like that you it felt intellectual, but then it didn't offer no. uh, much. I think the readings of the film are maybe going to be more interesting than the film itself. Yeah, and I, I think actually thinking about it, this was the film that we came out and chatted the most about. Oh God, yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, from that point of view, success. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and conversation starter for sure. Perfect conversation starter, and uh, like an absolute <laughs> full blown debate in the uh, yeah in the lobby <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely um i mean yeah it still maddens me that you haven't seen much a24 stuff Don't because i do think that, that there's there's a lot there's a lot of of great films um for you to kind of discover that maybe offer something a bit different yeah um but i i don't know i think lamb would probably be on like the lower end of the scale of those films but it was still i don't know I, i'm looking forward to rewatching it cool. um so I don't know. I, I I'm interested to rewatch it and then go into it with like what your reading of it was because I think it'll either solidify that or yeah I'll find other clues to other things. And I think if, yeah. I would rewatch it again to sort of kind of pay more attention at the start to sort of yeah, see if see. anything else is alluded to or if you can pick anything out. Yeah, because in my mind it's quite muddy still whether or not like obviously it was if it was him. Um, because I I don't know the the way it's it all kind of comes together and is edited whether he was absent and you we kind of see that he was outside and came in or do you know what I mean like just little kind of cues like that to maybe pick up on yeah now that we that know maybe the he ending, was in the barn yeah can we can we mm. piece it together a bit better let's do it like, well, mm. when it comes out yeah we will watch it again after all we'll that, lamb it up yeah <laughs> yeah um my favorite <laughs> film of the festival though um, yeah and. It was always going to be right up my street. It always. <laughs> um, it was another South Korean film. Um, it was a third. It's, it was three South Korean films at the festival. Um, yep. And they were all fantastic, but this one was my favourite. It's from 2020, uh, directed by Jay Kyun Yoon, and it is Spirit Walker. Now, yeah, it's a Korean, South Korean uh, thriller. And that already just gets my juices a-flowing. 
Um, <laughs> I think did it win uh, an award for like the best action at um, uh, a, a film festival like a few weeks prior to to screening? Yeah, um, wasn't it like best? Yeah, best fight and action. At, yeah, I think it was like a Hollywood film festival or something, wasn't yeah. it? It was something so, like that. Already, I'm there going, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> yes. Um, and the general, the general, general gist of the film is that it's, um, it's about a guy who wakes up in somebody else's body every twelve hours. Mm-hmm. Um, he has no memory at the start of the film who he is. Mm-hmm. So, the first time he he kind of he wakes up in the film uh, is after a car crash. He looks in um the side of a bus stop at his own reflection and doesn't recognize himself um and you think maybe at the start of the film it's just going to be a a a story about remembering who he is and piecing that together um Mm. but it's really interesting how it's then done because there's a, a really cool sequence where he sat he starts to piece together who this person is he goes to their apartment um and then all of a sudden the apartment starts to shift it's it's fantastically um shot sequence it's 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 brilliant uh and this whole thing the walls kind of bleed away the floor changes and suddenly he's in a cafe with a woman that he does not know and he's still himself in his head but he looks mm. totally different and there's yeah. shots of him walking along where his reflection isn't him but he's still himself the actors sort of interchange when he's having conversations it's yeah. gloriously done uh and then yeah. throughout the film you start to piece together that all these people are linked and mm-hmm. that he himself is also linked to all of them uh mm-hmm. and it becomes a, a story about um a mob drugs the organization trying to bring them down whose side is he on um and then at the end it goes full john wick it i i thought it was absolutely fantastic i i, I thought yeah. the action was on point i thought that the kind of the central mystery was brilliant i thought it was inventive i thought it was shot fantastically yeah. with the especially in the sequences that I talked about where he would be talking to somebody and then the camera would cut back and he would look like he does to other characters and then it would cut yes. back and it would look like how he thinks he looks himself. It's, yeah. I, I thought it was terrific. I would watch it again you, in a heartbeat. You know, just how we kind of said, uh, I think we said before about Midnight, how we'd seen deaf protagonists before and there, there's expectations of stuff. Like we've seen body swap films before. Yeah. Um, and this still and i don't know if it is that kind of korean perspective or that kind of influence that comes through but just the ideas and the way that it was done was just so special it was so good like they must have literally got actors in for some of the shots just for the reflections and then like you said in the next shot it was seamlessly edited so that they the person would appear to be how they would to other people outside of like this character's consciousness it was it was just it was great and i mean kudos to, obviously to the actors as well for being able to like embody each other's kind of energies if that yeah. makes sense yeah um because i don't know there was no point in that film where i thought i wasn't following this one character through all of these different bodies yeah um and again just a absolutely winning concept behind it all just making it just all the more interesting when we get to those like fight scenes and and all of that like the stakes were there weren't they you cared about um yeah yeah it was definitely a standout i think 
that was a close uh, second for me, I think, um, behind, obviously, other films we've mentioned <laughs> as being like favourites. I, I just think at the moment, if you would pick one place in the world where the kind of the most exciting, inventive films are coming out of, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd be hard pressed to find somewhere better than South Korea. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're pleasantly surprised. Like every year we go, I usually think that the films that stand out to us um, are usually the like Asian cinema. Um, obviously, we've had One Court of the Dead previously has been a favourite, and then I mean, this year I think the the best films were the the Korean films. In all honesty, I think yeah. they were great. Yeah, and then shout out to the Taiwanese and Japanese in there as well. Yeah, I think yeah, it's been for sure. But yeah, I think I think. At the moment, if you are after something that is inventive, action-packed, Spirit Walker is one to one to seek out. I think it was stunning. Yeah, um, completely agree. Continuing with the vibe of uh, of South Korea, we're going to talk about the final film from South Korea from the from the festival, um, mm-hmm. and this one is going to form this month's. Foreign Bodies segment. Thanks, Jono. So, um, yeah, my choice for the Foreign Bodies segment this month is is going to be a Korean film uh, from the festival, South Korean film, uh, entitled Night Shift. Um, and it's been released this year, and it goes by a few other names, and I think we were a little bit confused as to why it was called the night shift mm. um but uh, some of the other names include grotesque mansion or the ghost mansion which i think would have been far more apt uh, to be honest um i'm probably going to butcher this it's directed by uh joe barun um and essentially the film follows this comic artist it particularly he does uh, web comics webtoons artist um, and he's interested in kind of uh, the scary, the occult, uh, all those sorts of things. And we follow um, in this story, which is essentially a wraparound story in an anthology, uh, this character who's doing research by asking the caretaker of the building, which is called uh, Guanglim Mansion, uh, about stories of, of things that have maybe happened to the residents there as this building supposedly haunted. Um, and as the film unfolds um, in in a really interesting way, I might add, we get these little vignettes of of the lives of some of these residents and and what's happened to them. Now, I think what was pleasantly surprising to me, I mean, there's five stories total, including the the wraparound story, was what was impressive was that each story offers a different um, facet or avenue of horror. So you have supernatural, you have psychological, um, there's like the occult um, and and all that sort of stuff in there. Um, Just downright creepy. I mean, a standout for me was a segment that featured uh, like a human doll sort of set scenario um i mean i think the concept of that is just weird anyway um no offense to anyone out there who may have a doll of their own um but uh, it's not for me and yeah essentially we kind of come to this conclusion um and i think you know sometimes with anthology films the wraparound story can sometimes be very 
very scarce in kind of having an impact. It, it's just there to serve as a, a way to get from one little uh, kind of story to another little story to another. Um, but it, it all felt absolutely like organic. And to me, this is how you do an anthology film. Um, this was directly, I'd probably say behind Phantom uh, of the Paradise in terms of like my highlight of the festival. I wanted horror going to mayhem and this delivered it in spades. Um, one of my friends, Gavin, was sat behind us. And I mean, he literally afterwards looked like he'd been through some kind of trauma <laughs> from watching this film. So that was funny to see. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know what the release plan is going to be over here or if it is available yet. Um, I have a feeling it probably isn't if we've seen it through a festival just now. But I already can't wait to to rewatch this. Um, if you're a fan of horror, you will definitely find something in this film that you will enjoy. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to agree with that totally. I, I thought the five different kind of segments were mm -hmm. linked very, very nicely. They they, yeah. they weren't just linked by oh someone's walked past. Um, no, they yeah. were you know they they were they were linked. There's actual thought behind it. They were all mm. similar enough, but then also different enough to feel like totally kind of different films. Yeah. they weren't yeah. just oh here's another one. Um, every single one mm. had its own like kind of flavor to it, um, mm -hmm. which I really liked, and we all kind of came out with a different favorite. Which... yeah which i think was really interesting wasn't it like we all like different aspects of it but also what was maybe different about this than other anthologies we've either previously discussed or seen was that there was obviously just the one director so it, it did feel super cohesive and i think that served it really well that's um, it in my it? opinion even though yeah. the stories themselves were different and went down different routes the actual overarching mm -hmm. kind of style and aesthetic of each story match yeah yeah, and then yeah. also, that meant that the wraparound segment itself just bled in there completely seamlessly. And when that mm -hmm. segment then took over, you sort and of became its own. You didn't yeah. realize. Yeah. Oh, we were like, oh, okay, yeah, this is absolutely fine. Unlike in mm. some where, oh, we're going to cut back to this now. Oh, we're going to cut yeah. back to this now, and it and it becomes a little bit like a little bit jarring. Whereas this yeah. blended the stories together really nicely, and then before you knew it. Oh, this is the final segment. We're at the end now, and I, I, yeah. I thought it was creepy. I thought it was, um, kind of icky in places. Uh, I thought, yes, it, I, yeah. I, I thought it had everything. And going into mayhem, looking for a horror film, I this was the one that made me the most uncomfortable in the cinema. Yeah, it definitely delivered. And I mean, just touching upon what you said there, I can remember us coming out and us saying like how icky it made us feel. Like if a film could have a texture, it would be this film. Like it was just, it really does get under your skin in like all the right ways yeah. and genuinely did have like some great jumps in there and, and, and yeah, just some really interesting imagery that I don't think you'd get in like a typical Hollywood horror film. Um, which I just really appreciated uh, a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, unfortunately, that brings to an end uh, our discussion of Mayhem 2021. I, I know for sure that as as soon as kind of it got round to 10:45 on the Sunday, I was already thinking, "Oh man, I, I, I could, I could like 
quite happily just jump forwards in time now to 2022 and just yep. start that all over again <laughs> because I it's like one of my favorite weekends of the year um yeah and long may it continue so thanks again to everyone at the Broadway to Stephen to Chris to Melly for all of their hard work programming mm-hmm. the event getting the guests and making it what it is which is a a fantastic festival a great place to to go and chat about films and to just embrace cinema absolutely i couldn't have said it better myself johnny i I do try i do (laughs) you do try um (laughs) i just wanted to um not end the podcast without asking you liam just Mm. to talk for a, a minute or so about our new film, uh, mm-hmm. which is coming out this Halloween. This Halloween, yeah. Um, Take a look, and it's, <laughs> it's been some. It's been some good fun to film, hasn't it, Liam? Absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's been nice to actually get back on set and be making something again because I think we'd been out of the game for a hot minute um, due to mm-hmm. COVID and life and everything. So it was nice to. Uh, yeah, produce something again. And it wouldn't be Halloween without a Super Freak Media short. So uh, Take a Look is a, I, I would say, a supernatural fairy tale of sorts. I think it's a little bit different than kind of what we've done before, but it does have the potential to be one of the scariest films I think we've put out there. So I'm excited for people to see it. Um, it's definitely been a lot of hard work. Um, but uh, yeah. I'm just uh, I'm I'm thrilled to be getting something else out there for for everyone. So happy days and happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah, happy Halloween to everyone that is listening. Um, so all that is left to say after this mayhem themed episode is <laughs> thank you to Liam Banks. You are most welcome. Thank you to Charlie Brentnell who has gone. So I will. Just... You are most welcome, Jono. <laughs> Charlie, you sound a little bit, if anything, kind of. He's probably just sat on a ball. Yeah. <laughs> he's just sat. He's just rolled over onto a ball. Bless him. Oh. Uh, um, oh, thank you, Jono. Thank you. <laughs> so, as usual, keep it creepy, and see you all on the other side. Ooh, I'm on my own, but ooh. it's just you. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it, mate. That's Absolutely not, nailed not it. Not three bad, that. Oh well, Richard never turned up. Exhausted, mate. No, what an absolute <laughs> stain. <laughs> That's he didn't like clip. Phantom of the Paradise, and he didn't come on the podcast. No. What? An... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the clip I'm using at the end. Choice. Oh no, please don't. I love Richard. No, I'm using it. I'll just bleep out like the W word. <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast on the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. To show your support, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. 
And you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.